Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be It Works, How and Why Studying Commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, It Works, How and Why. Alright folks, this is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there are going to be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text toward reaching those seeking a resource like this. We know if one person benefits from our efforts, we collectively believe, even including us, then our participation was well worth the effort. We're going to start off with our introduction, and then we're going to jump into the text. Get a pen, a highlighter, and get ready to go. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the It Works, How and Why Study for the Anonymous Podcast. This is episode 13. I'm going to begin on the bottom of page 46 within our inventories. But first, I'm going to give her introductions. Lisa, what's happening? Hey, I'm Lisa H. I'm an addict. Uh, my clean date is February 25th, 2012. My home group is Monday Night Miracles in Meadville, PA, and I attend meetings in the Central Western PA area. Thanks, Lisa. What's up, Donna? Hey, everybody. It's Donna P. out here in Eugene, Oregon. My clean date is 11-22-85. I attend meetings in the Lane County area and online. My home group is Solutions for Living on Sunday night at 6 p.m. Come see us sometime. Thanks, Donna. What's up, Lee? Hey, Douglas. Well, glad to be back. Uh, Lee P., grateful to be an addict. Clean date, 827-87. I go to meetings in New Orleans. My home group is the Open Mind Hybrid Meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. Thanks. Thanks, Lee. What's up, Christine? Oh, we're going to roll to Jennifer. What's up, Jennifer? Hi, everyone. My name is Jennifer, and I'm an addict. My clean date is November 27th, 1992. I attend meetings in Sacramento, California, and my home group is The Journey Within. Thanks, Jennifer. What's up, Andrew? Hi, gang. Uh, my name is Andrew G. I'm an addict. My clean date is May 16th, 2008, and my home group is No Matter What in North Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks, bro. What's up, Eric? Hey, what up? I'm an addict. My name's Eric. Uh, my clean date is September 16th, 2019, and my home group is Friday Night Clean in Branson, Florida. Thanks, Eric. What's up, Jane A? Hey, everybody. Jane A here from Salem, Oregon. Clean date is December 22nd, 1979. And my home group is the Tuesday, Thursday, noon, basic step study. Thanks, Jane. What's up, Barb? Hey, Douglas. Barbar here in the Panhandle of Florida. My clean date is 10-4-95, and my home group is the open mind. Thanks, Barb. Try this again. Christine, what's happening? Hey there. Attic, Christine O. Um, Clean date is 331.94, and I attend meetings in the Virginia Beach and Tidewater area of Virginia, and I'm at my parents' house, and their phone was ringing very loud, and the answering machine picked up. Sorry about that. <laughs> wow, shout out to those who have an answering machine. <laughs> What's up, Paul? I love an answering machine. Uh, it's like a phone booth. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm Paul M. I'm an addict. Uh, my clean date is January 6, 1995. I attend meetings in New Orleans, and my home group is Open Mind. Thanks, Paul. And I'm an addict. Name's Douglas. I got clean March 12, 2000 in Southwestern PA. I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now. All right, here we go, folks. Episode 13 of Works Town Wise Study for the Anonymous Podcast. Bottom of 46 in our inventories. Andrew, can you read to and make your comments, please? Of course. In our inventories, we will need to be aware of our assets. With most of us being unaccustomed to looking for our character strengths, we might have some trouble with this task. But if we examine our behavior with an open mind, we're sure to find situations where we persevered in the face of adversity, showed concern for others, or even where our spirit triumphed over our addiction. We begin to uncover the pure and loving spirit that lies at the core of our being as we look for our character assets. We begin to define our values. We learn what we can do, and more importantly, what we can't do if we want to lead productive and fulfilling lives. What we did in our active addiction will not work for us in recovery. Step four allows us to chart a new course for our lives. The fourth step provides us with the initial insight we need to grow. 
Whether we are writing our first inventory or our 20th, we are starting a process that takes us from confusion to clarity, from resentment to forgiveness, from spiritual confinement to spiritual freedom. We can turn to this process again and again. When we are confused, when we are angry, when we have problems that don't seem to disappear, an inventory is a good way to take stock of just where we stand on the path to recovery. After we have written a number of inventories, we may discover that our first fourth step merely scratched the surface. As different attitudes and behaviors become apparent to us later in later recovery, we'll want to renew the process of change by working the fourth step again. Um, you know, so two two things really stood out to me in these paragraphs. First one, like the assets. So I, I just finished a four step. I guess it's been a couple of weeks now. Um, and the assets was the most difficult piece for me um, with coming up on 15 years clean, like to be able to say, these are the things that I think that Andrew does well. And these are the things that I like about Andrew. Um, I really procrastinated that. Um, and I really sat on it because like, it makes me uncomfortable, you know? Um, and sometimes like, I, I want to beat myself up a little bit about that, about like, oh, well, you should be, you know, it's just saying nice shit about yourself, bro. Like, it's not that hard. It's not going to kill you. But like, I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, that I guess that's kind of like one of the ways that my disease still shows up today is like that deeply ingrained low self-esteem of just like, I'd rather look at all the ugly stuff and like, let's not let's not do any of this nice shit, you know, um, in the second paragraph, when it says we are starting a process that takes us from confusion to clarity, resentment to forgiveness, like, you know, I think it's really important that like, it, to know that this is a process, right? Like this process of like charting the course of my recovery, of gaining an idea of like, where am I in my life and where do I want to go? And that confusion to clarity bit really sits with me, you know, because I think um, it kind of sticks out to me about like, you know, everything we know is subject for revision, subject to revision, right? Like I am sometimes so convinced of my truth and my reality. Um, and it's almost always clouded by my feelings or like, fuck these people or you know what I mean like I just have all these bad judgments right I, I'm full of bad judgments sometimes and when I put that stuff on paper and I look at my piece in it like I move from confusion to clarity you know um, and I get some insight into like what am I doing you know where am I actually going right now um, and I feel like that's just like and I guess that goes into five as well, like having somebody who can hold up the mirror to me also in my own, like my own handwriting and saying, dude, look at this, you know? Um, yeah, that's what I got. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for those comments, Andrew. I want to point out too, I was wanted, um, if we got to this last week, I was going to share about this, but uh, the top of 47, I think it's really cool, man. We begin to define our values. And so in, in the margin, I have like my own, you know, like my own values. And, and, and that's like not a one-time thing, man. Like there are different seasons as I grow in recovery. It's like things that used to be, you know, cool and hurt my spirit. Like I learned that hurts my spirit now in different phases. And, that, and that's cool. That's something to, um, I think it really shows like recovery in my life, you know, that happening. And, and also with my own values and what I can do and what I can't do. And I can't compare that to other people. You know, and that I, I learned that too, man. I learned that I was in, I was at a restaurant in China with a sponsee brother of mine and the guy who was sponsoring both of us, he had died of cancer. Um, but we're, we're sitting there, we're, 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 we're sharing a meal. We're just kind of getting, you know, current with one another. And, and so, so this dude, he goes to, he just goes to a brothel there every Thursday. That was his thing. You know, it was almost like a going to hang out with his buddies or something, you know, it was like a Thursday stop and, and, uh, and share about that, like kind of freely. And um, when I went there, when I would be in like cycles of, you know, um, paying to play a little bit and stuff like that, it fucking crushes me, man. Like I, I'm, I, you know, it just hurts my spirit. And it, it like that second paragraph where it talks about like spiritual confinement, that's the season I get in when I'm involved in prostitution. It just is. So, so I, I would talk about that of how, like, you know, when, when, when I would have somebody come over, you know, in that arena it would be like, I would be on my knees crying, praying to God, like, hey, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Knock on the door, get up, handle the business. And then when she leaves, I'm on my knees asking God for forgiveness again. And I didn't want to fucking do that stuff, man. It hurt me. He's right as rain, though, sharing about it like that. That didn't impact him. And I had to understand, like, hey, man, I'm not the judge of what he does. 
he's not the judge of what I do. And this is a journey I'm looking at like, hey, man, what that, that light that I have in here, like what diminishes it or what enhances it? And that's what I need to be sensitive to, you know, and I, and I learned that, man. Like I learned that that journey from spiritual confinement to spiritual freedom. I really like that, you know. And, and then also, uh, I really find a lot of comfort. I'm coming to you, Lisa, in a second. I find a lot of comfort in that very last sentence. Um, we'll renew the process of, of change by working the four step again. It's not a one and done thing. You know, sometimes I, sometimes I find that, you know, that perspective that we'll hear sometimes of like, you know, it's all about maintenance, 10, 11, and 12, you know, just work your steps and kind of hang out on 10, 11, and 12 for, you know, until whenever. This gives me a lot of comfort of saying, no, nah, I'm not hanging out on 10, 11, and 12. Like, I, I'll go through the steps, man. Here's another season. Go through them again. Another season. Go through them again. And I'm healthier for it. You know, so come on in, Lisa. What's happening? Hey, I want to kind of jump in on the confusion to clarity piece because that also really stood out to me. I also thought that would be a cool name for a meeting. Um, but, you know, the the process and like that last sentence to renewing the process and uh, the process of change by working the fourth step again. Um, you know, I have 11 years clean and, uh, you know, I'm not far from my 20th inventory, but I've definitely written my fair share and I've had this really neat experience um, the last couple of weeks, I have been like in the middle of this like grueling kind of step six process where um, like my sponsor hit me with this like long list of defects that they use in good old Southwestern PA when you're like really in trouble. And, uh, you know, on on this list were several defects related to like lust and adultery. And I like I'm like halfway sad that I missed our last week's episode because you guys shared some like fire shit on like sex and inventory but um you know it like occurred to me in writing this inventory and like the podcast has given me a really unique way to like see how I've been progressing through this by listening back um in wrestling with like shit I did five years ago right like you guys have all heard me share a thousand times like I had an affair and wrecked my marriage blah 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 and like the, the beautiful process of this for me is like continuing to take inventory of that. And like, probably like two weeks ago, the thought occurred to me that like, I did that once. Like I had never been unfaithful in a relationship before that. And I have never been unfaithful since then. I did it once and I beat the living daylights out of myself for it for five fucking years over some shit that like, I'm probably the only one who thinks of it the way that I do right? Like everybody else has like moved on with their lives. We're all good. And I'm holding on to it. And like, it occurred to me that like in inventory, that this isn't a character defect. Like I am not unfaithful or like shitty in relationships by nature. That's not who I am. I made one mistake, but my addict brain and my disease took it and made it this like big, long drug out thing, like poor me. And that's danger zone for me because I can, I can fall in love with and embrace my self-pity because when I feel bad enough about myself, I can use that to justify everything else that I do afterwards, right? If you hurt like I hurt, if you did what I did, if you were a piece of shit like me, you'd be angry too. You'd be shitty too. And uh, that was really very eye-opening for me. And I was able, like the whole piece about like seeing our assets, like, fuck, man, I had to look at like, I'm a good partner right? Like I'm communicative and honest and transparent and loving. And I take care of the people that I love and like, I am committed. And that shit was harder to see than all of the negative stuff it was buried under for some reason, even still. Um, so like I keep inventorying that because like the last two weeks after like a couple of hard inventories, like I finally have some freedom from that shit. And like, that's a miracle today. So I will pass. Thanks for those comments, Lisa. What's up, Barb? Hey, Douglas. And I liked what um, what you shared about somewhere along the way I learned that um, my standards were my standards. I would want to impose my standards on you and that my moral inventory is are my morals. We all come from different places and, and different things might be acceptable, you know, um, to us. And then... Um, I like this about we learn what we can do and more importantly, what we can't do, you know, and, I, and I've learned that here, too. And then, um, you know, I shared this, I think that about that I'm doing the steps in Al-Anon. And there's this one question where it says about it asks you about the person that you're doing the steps with. 
and I put all these qualities about that person. And then she said, what, what of those qualities do you have? And what I realized was that I had all those qualities that I said that she had. And that's because that's what we do. We seek out people to have what we want or um, that are like. And my point being that a lot of times you guys have had to point out my assets. It's still hard for me sometimes to sit down and write my assets out, you know. But um, you guys along the way have pointed that out. I just was at a speaker meeting and I asked, there's this new guy that came into town, Colin. And um, he's like wired for sound like me. But anyway, I asked him to speak and he spoke. And at the very end, he turned to me and he said, and I love Barb. He said, this is, the, this is the mom that I always wanted. And when he said that, it just, it, just, it just grabbed my heart, you know, because you guys taught me that. I didn't know about being a mom. You know, I didn't do it too well with my first son. But you guys have taught me things like that, that when he said that, I could own it. And I knew that, that I can be the mom, you know, that he needs because his mom wasn't good today um, um, in recovery. And that's what we do is we, we find people to fulfill those needs and those roles that we needed. And then... Um, what it says, we are starting a process that takes us from confusion to clarity, from resentment to forgiveness, from spiritual confinement to spiritual freedom. And that is, that's been my experience. How would I not want to participate in this process over and over and over? Because this is exactly what happens, you know? So I'm so grateful um, to be clean and to have these steps. And um, that's it. Thanks. Thanks, Barb. So Donna? Well, I was just going to talk about that process part that Barb just talked about there. And what I wanted to say was that the, that is the promise of the fourth step. That's the promise of working these steps. That is generally not where people are when they're working this step, right? Is the, um, the confusion to clarity. I didn't have that when I wrote my fourth step. I generally don't. I usually get that about my fifth, sixth, seventh step, you know, when I'm going on to make amends. Um, from resentment to forgiveness, that does not happen in the fourth step for me. Um, uh, it happens uh, usually around the ninth step when I have myself at the top of the list of the people I need to make amends to, you know, and from spiritual confinement to spiritual freedom, which comes in the 10th, 11th, and 12th step for me, right? So I just, and it says, you know, we can turn to this process again and again. What I wrote down here is that there's this is a process. There are patterns, there are behaviors, there are beliefs that we need to take a look at. And it's like this, it's like this map we can follow, right? It's this process, like where am I at on this path? Right. And I can literally decide where I want to go. You know, where do I want to be with this stuff? You know, with the right guide, right? And get to um get to a new place with it. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Thanks for those comments, Donna. What's up, Christine? Hey there. What jumped out for me in this one was um, the sentence, we begin to uncover the pure and loving spirit that lies at the core of our being as we look for our character assets. I mean, I honestly don't think I've ever read that sentence before. <laughs> and I have worked multiple four steps um, to be in the depths of it and then to have a sentence that points out to me that, okay, by doing this work, I'm going to uncover who I am really at my core and it's pure and it's loving my spirit and looking for the assets, you know, what I found through defining my values was that, you know, my assets and defects really are very much parallel. And it's my value that gives them the energy of which direction they're going to go in. And it was right about this time doing that work that I started saying, I only use my powers for good. Because it was like, that was what my sponsor taught me to how to direct my energy for these assets, um, because it's so hard for us. I mean, look at the amount of time that is in this, this podcast with the members 
and we still have people saying that they have a hard time and are uncomfortable looking at their assets. Like, I think part of that also comes from, we hear it a lot, or at least I have heard it a lot in my time in the rooms with, you know, cockiness is a red light indicator. So I feel like I've almost been programmed to not feel comfortable and strong and that strength and the assets that I have and the values that I've created because I have grown from the work that I've done in Narcotics Anonymous. Like it's not okay to, to say I'm getting better, you know, like to sit in a meeting and go, I don't have to ask 20 people before I make a fucking decision in my life today. <laughs> I am at a place where I make pretty sound decisions on a regular basis without having to take a poll. And, um, and I'm grateful for that, you know? So that didn't come necessarily in the first four step, but I love this sentence so much that now I have it underlined and highlighted. And, um, and I'm really grateful to be here tonight, if nothing else, just for that friggin' sentence, because I think it is just, it's really awesome to hear the literature tell us that we have pure and loving spirits at our core because we all come and think we're a piece of shit and we continue to carry that for years so um that's what i got thanks thanks for those comments christine paul can you finish this out step four absolutely the steps are tools we use over and over on our spiritual path in the process of our recovery god will reveal more to us as we have the maturity and the spiritual strength to understand it. Over time, the nature of the work we have to do is disclosed to us. As we continue in recovery, we begin to resolve some of the basic conflicts contributing to our addiction. As the pain of old wounds begins to fade, we begin to live more fully in the present. The fourth step allows us to identify the patterns, behaviors, and beliefs that show us the exact nature of our wrongs. We have written an inventory of ourselves, which has revealed what we can change with God's help. To continue the process of change, we move on, making our admissions in step five. Yeah, I was, I've been thinking ever, toying with raising my hand ever since Andrew shared about assets. I, I came to an, I've just finished a, a steps and traditions flow of answering them and, and doing doing the work. And what I discovered this time was how invested I am in being right and how hard it is to not know. And I came in here at 34 years of age with a with a, a view of myself worthless unlovable all those things that we've shared over the over the courses of books and stuff and so when i get to a fourth step and have to look at the good stuff i don't want to be wrong <laughs> i don't want to have lived 34 years with the wrong view of myself i am invested in that in a fucked up kind of way and so when you say you are this, you can do this, you can do this, I go, yeah, but. Everything's a yeah, but. Because I want to discount it. Anything that I do well, I discount because everybody should be able to do that. And that's not true. It's just not true. Everything I know is subject to revision and the best part of that sentence is, especially what I know about the truth. And so this is the tearing, the fourth step is the beginning of the tearing down of all that, especially what I know. And so it's, that's why it's so scary. That's why people pause, because nobody wants to especially know the truth. We think we know the truth. We've kind of said it in our heads. This is who I am. I'm and I can't come up with anything else. And when you all start to love and support and be there for me and try to break me out of it, it's Stockholm syndrome. I want, I, you know, they opened the gates to the concentration camps and nobody came out. 
they open the gates in the fourth step and nobody wants to come out. They want to stay right where they are. They don't want to, they don't want to move out or I don't, I want to stay where I'm at. I am comfortable in my shit and pain. So if you're on that fourth step, come on out. We've opened the gates. We are, we're here, we're here to get you. It's going to be okay. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Paul. What's up, Lee? Hey, thanks, Doug. And you guys are amazing. Um, I'm full up. I could leave now and I'm good to go. Um, Douglas, when you tapped on the continuum of this process, one of the things I struggled with, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, was that not everybody was going to pick the same journey in this process that I picked. And I had to stop comparing them to me and, and me to them. Um, but interestingly, Paul just read, as we continue in recovery, we begin to resolve some of the basic conflicts contributing to our addiction. As the pain of old wounds begin to fade, we begin to live more fully in the present. And if you were to ask me, Paul, I would say, yeah, I'm woke, I'm here, I'm in the moment. I was at the conference and my godfather rang in and so I, you know, I just hit the button and sent it to voicemail. Well, <laughs> five seconds later, he rang in again. And I'm like, dude, I don't even mess with you. Why He rang in three times. So all of a sudden, when we go on break, someone said, Lee, you look very agitated. And I said, yeah, well, I am very agitated. And they, they were like, well, why are you agitated? Because you're like this really calm guy. And I'm like, my godfather called three times back to back. Like, if I didn't answer the first time, what makes you think I'm going to answer the second time or the third time? I'm not a crack dealer. You know what I'm saying? It's not like if you just keep calling me, I'm going to pick up the phone. And they were like, dude, why are you like, what? Why, you know, they, they wanted to know what I was feeling. So I said, let me break it down for you. When I was a kid, we were really poor. His family had boats my whole childhood growing up. He never took me fishing one time. The third time I took him fishing, that dawned on me. Instant resentment. Never took him fishing again to this day for like five years now. And if you would have asked me, I would have said, hey, I'm good. I've worked through this. But that's bullshit. That is not what you just said, Paul. That is not, in fact, the truth. The truth is, I feel some kind of way. And he left a message eventually about going to his son's wedding. And I was like, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, family, I could go. I know it's only three minutes, Doug, and, and God bless you, but. Dude, my family's got me sometimes where I have to put these principles on dynamo power, like on uh, drop it in a low gear or fourth gear or get all four tires going at the same time. So anyway, um, if you're on a four step, keep going. The pain of doing a four step is far less than the pain of not doing a four step. And our issues, especially the ones I think, oh, yeah, I've worked through that shit, can tend to come back and creep up decades later. Thanks. All right. Thanks for bookending us with that, Lee. All right, folks, let's turn over to page 49, step five. Here we go. We admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Jennifer, would you be willing to read the first two paragraphs and comment, please? Sure. Uh, now that we have completed our written inventory, it is essential that we share promptly. The sooner we work our fifth step, the stronger the foundation of our recovery will be. We've built this foundation on spiritual principles such as surrender, honesty, trust, faith, willingness, and courage. With each step forward in our recovery, we strengthen our commitment to these principles. We reaffirm our commitment to recovery by immediately working step five. Despite our desire to recover, we may find that we're feeling frightened at this point. This fear is only natural. After all, we're about to confront the exact nature of our wrongs, candidly admitting our secrets to God, to ourselves, and to another human being. If we allow our feelings of shame or our fears of change and rejection to stop our progress, our problems will only be compounded. If we stop moving forward in our recovery, if we cease making every possible effort to recover, 
we will have given in to the disease of addiction. Whew. I, when I read this, it makes me think about my first round of steps and my sponsor that I had 30 years ago. And she, um, you know, I cannot tell you how important it is, at least for me, for this addict, um, that I had a relationship with her enough, strong enough to walk through all the stuff that I wrote down on my four step. And, and the truth is, is that she really sealed the deal for me and her transparency. And I've said this before, where I had a sponsor or where I was at a literature study that I didn't even know what a literature, literature study was, but I showed up and, you know, three or four times into it, uh, we're reading and she starts talking about some guy that she slept with and the things that she did with him. And all, it was something worse than I had ever done. Right. And, 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 and I was like, I can tell this bitch anything and she is not going to freak out on me. She's not going to judge me. She's not going to shame me. And I was so full of fear of what everybody thought of me. That was one of my big hiccups when I got here, right? Like I wanted the out, you know, I always talk about this, the outside, the outside needs to look good. Cause if you knew who I was, I could not bear that. That was unbearable for me. And she was able to, and I want to say against my will, but it really wasn't. I just, I didn't understand a lot what was happening when I first got clean and I just kind of rolled with it. And and, and she created this relationship with me where all of a sudden I was calling her and talking to her and I was telling her about stuff and I was telling her a lot about my insanity, um, you know, even before I got to step five. And um, and I had a lot of it, you know, I, I got clean. I didn't get better right away. I mean, you know, it's like I came in here with every behavior that I had out there, only I was, you know, out of pocket because I'm out of sorts. So I don't know what to do. Right. So let's just try every single defect that I own to see if any of those work so I can feel better. Um, you know, and she saw that in me and she loved me and, and she was very kind. And, and, and when I look at this, all I can think about surrender, honesty, trust, faith, willingness, and courage. She gave me the opportunity to, to use all of those principles. Right. Um, and every time I think about this step today, I think it's going to be okay. It's already okay, right? Like we say that it's already okay, right? Anything that I have at this point, like okay, whatever, right? Like I don't, I don't have that fear of of, of that big fear today of what everybody else is going to think about me. But my desire to recover, um, even when frightened, you know. Even when frightened is, I, I would rather face that today. And I learned that through doing all of this work. Um, I would rather confront the exact nature of my wrongs than go back to any part of using being new again. You know what I mean? Or, you know, continuing to repeat patterns. I mean, all of that stuff. And, and, and I, I couldn't have gotten that without the foundation that I started. I couldn't have gotten that without that sponsor who guided me through the steps in a way that I could hear, that I could feel, that I could see where it was working. And it was with her actions, how she presented herself and how she treated me. And today, when all of my sponsees are feeling all this stuff or they don't want to talk about what's going on, you know, um, you know, we've created a relationship where they can candidly admit secrets to me, to themselves, to a higher power, right? And that's the gift today of this is that I've been able to give this away, you know, because it was given to me um, so freely. And uh, with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Hey, Jen, thanks for those comments. And, and you know, to, to highlight a couple of those points again, just to, to, to emphasize that, like we'll read in the next few paragraphs, you know, later on here in step five about like the role a sponsor plays and the guidance piece and stuff. But man, the folks who 12 step me, like as I started learning how to 12 step other people and, and take them through the steps, they taught me how to receive a fifth step. Boys, not laughing, not that, you know, it isn't a trade of war stories. It's like, hey, you know, we're, 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 we're looking at these patterns, we're identifying this and you embrace and you accept and shit like that. Uh, I don't know if we talk about, like, I don't hear, you know, it, then, it was, it was talked about a lot, man. We would just, we would talk about that. I, I was taught how to take a fifth step. I don't know if we, if we talk about that a lot now, you know, I think it's equally as important to have a sponsor who can guide somebody through a fifth step, but that, but that, that can receive it, you know, that can receive it properly.
Yeah, so thanks for those comments. What's up, Andrew? Yeah, just really quickly, and this, I at the risk of sounding like a dummy, this really stood out to me. Um, <clears throat> the sooner we work our fist step, the stronger the foundation of our recovery will be. Um, and it goes on to talk about the spiritual principles that we build the foundation upon. You know, I never really considered that steps four and five are building the foundation for my recovery. Right. I mean, and even today, I, I like I don't I guess I don't look at it like it's a foundational thing. I always think one, two, three, there's your foundation and then you jump off. Right. And then like you're in the thick of it. Um, but the reality is, is that like it is still a piece of that foundation. Right. And I, and I guess it speaks to like the importance of being incredibly thorough and searching and step four and doing the things that make you uncomfortable, whether it's looking at the good stuff or the bad stuff. And then also continuing that not procrastinating and jumping into five and being honest with somebody else, you know, um, to really like, just, just experience that and have that solid foundation. So I don't know that word just sat to me. I was like, Oh shit, look at that. Thanks for his comments, Andrew. What's up, Eric? Yeah, good stuff. I, I like what Andrew just shared, man. And thinking about like how three to four was like a, a, you know, a leap, you know, overcoming some fear there and like making my inventory was like a real momentous, uh, you know, time in my recovery and like practicing that courage and that willingness. And then four to five, like practicing that trust, you know, and like I, I would sit back and I was like, I like wait for these feelings to come, you know, I kept identifying these principles as feelings, you know what I mean? Well, hopefully some trust will come along and I'll fucking suddenly trust this guy, you know, like this fear will just dissipate, man. That's why that, that sentence right there, despite our desire to recover, we might find that we're feeling frightened at this point. This is fear is only natural, man. Like it's not abnormal, you know what I mean? You and everybody else, buddy. You know what I mean? If, and if anybody came into that, that you know, that fifth step, like, shh, no big deal, you know what I mean? Then maybe, uh, maybe that's more of a problem, you know, and, um, you know, and I, I, I was lucky to go through uh, with two different sponsors, two different four steps, man. And it, it was the same like Doug was talking about. We don't talk about it. I don't hear anybody talking about how to receive a four step, but luckily I experienced it. You know what I mean? And it wasn't a good time. You know, it wasn't a joke. It was a safe place. You know what I mean? It was just matter of fact, man. We're here to do some work. Let's let's do the work, man. And, uh, you know, that was, those were momentous moments in my recovery, man, of like practicing courage. You know what I mean? Practicing trust. It's a choice, right? Trust is a choice. You know, I, I don't, it's not just something I sit around and wait for, man. And, uh, you know, I can still struggle with that. And it has, it has been a foundation of my recovery. You know, I'm lucky, uh, sponsor I got today, you know, like I still scared to tell him shit, man. Even though I know, like he told me, man, if you kill somebody, call me up, we're going to get rid of the body. Right. And then we're going to deal with the consequences. Right. Ride or die, bro. You know, but still I'll be ashamed to, to tell him some things, man. And, um, I think it's important too to like, I like defining, defining the words, man. Um, Cause I was thinking about what Christine was talking about earlier and like how that used to play into my head too. Cockiness is a red light indicator. So I, just, I, I confuse cockiness with confidence. You know what I mean? And there's a huge difference uh, between cockiness and confidence, you know, and cockiness, like being like the confidence without the safety measures, you know what I mean? Confidence with blinders on and earplugs in as I'm tooling towards a fucking cliff and everybody's shouting at me slow down, you know, and I'm fucking going right along, you know, and, um, but confidence being able to, like, it's more of a humility thing, man, like, um, being willing to, uh, ask questions, but not, um, you know, not, not be so scared that I'm going to fuck my whole life up again, you know, and, uh, so anyways, beautiful process, man, I'm so grateful, um, to be in recovery, thanks. Thanks for those comments, Eric. All right, folks. Donna, would you be willing to read the next two? That second paragraph is really long, but I think we can make it. Read the next two, starting at the bottom of 49, we must overcome. Third thing, we must overcome our fear and work the fifth step if we are to make any significant changes in the way we live. We gather our courage and go on. We may call our sponsor for reassurance. Usually a reminder that we don't have to face <clears throat> our feelings alone makes all the difference in easing our fears. Working this step with the support of our sponsor and a loving God is, is a way of putting into practice our decision to allow God to take care of our will and our lives. That decision, like most decisions we make, must be followed with action. Following our third step decision with the action of the fourth and fifth step will lead to a closer relationship with our higher power. 
Our understanding of the spiritual principles we have practiced in the first four steps will be enhanced by working the fifth step. We experience honesty by making an admission, <clears throat> just as we did in step one, but we experience it on a deeper level. The admission we are about to make to ourselves in step five is especially important. Not only do we open up and tell the truth about ourselves, we also hear this admission from our own lips, breaking the pattern of denial that has plagued us for so long. We find new levels of honesty, especially self-honesty, when we squarely face the results of our addiction and see the reality of our lives. The risks we take in this step increase our trust in God and nourish the faith and hope we first experienced in step two. We take our willingness a step further, thereby renewing the decision we make in step three. We draw on the courage we acquired in step four, and we find that we are far more brave than we ever dreamed possible. This bravery is demonstrated not by our lack of fear, but by the action we take in spite of our fear. We take a time to share our inventory, and then we make a time. We set a time to share our inventory, and then we show up to share at that scheduled time you're right that's a lot so uh most important thing here is that you have somebody that you trust that you're going to share your inventory with right that this person be somebody that um that you've chosen because um you believe that they can understand or at least be empathetic and um to the best of your knowledge uh, they'll hold your confidence um, and, uh, and that's just so incredibly important because it's, um, this isn't just about sitting down and talking about a list of our wrongs, right? This is about talking about who we are at a on a core level. And, um, and that's, uh, that for me, this person that it was never safe to be honest about anything person, um, that was the hardest part. It was one thing to sit down and tell my sponsor what I did. And it was a whole nother thing to sit down and tell her who I was, you know, and um, I didn't know, especially that first inventory, what was going to, what was going to happen or how this was going to change my life. I just knew that I was desperate. I was in despair. I um, didn't want to live the way I was living. I still wanted to use a lot maybe at this point still every day, right? And so doing the fifth step was just the next thing to do. Subsequent fifth steps have been very different than that. And I have gained peace and balance in my life in lots of areas. So um, the subsequent uh, fifth steps were far more gentle. I just recently set, did a set of steps and it was hard. The fourth step was really hard. And, um, but I wasn't one bit afraid to talk to my sponsor about what I was finding out, not even a little bit. I have learned to trust another human being with all of it, which, you know, maybe out of all of this stuff is the biggest deal, right? I have learned how to trust another human being. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Donna. What's up, Paul? Hey, uh, in an effort to be, uh, uh transparent about how i i do fourth and fourth steps and fifth steps i do them together uh you answer the questions for the fourth and the fifth step and then how it was taught to me is we go over the answers to the fifth step first because it sets you up how to be in the fourth step and how to deliver the inventory so we go over those questions first and then we go over the inventory in the fourth step and um, it can take a while. And, and I, I, I like Jane's idea where you can break it up. And I have broken it up just because of time constraints. Sometimes they're not able to, to do all of that or, or other restraints like fear and not wanting to do it in, in large things, which I, I absolutely have gleaned from this uh, podcast that that's an acceptable way to do it. And I, I embrace that. I think that's, you know, one of those truths that has been changed by this podcast for me but i i i just want to say that it's all together for me that fourth and fifth step they're inextricably joined together and um i don't know i i just can't you know i i, I see people sit on fourth steps 
and not move to fifth because they're because of the fear. And I just don't, don't do it. Don't be afraid of telling someone else. I, I, I'm an only child. I was a little gay boy when I got here and I was scared that I was the only person who'd ever thought or done the stuff that I thought and done. And when you are able to tell another human being the things that, or when I was able to tell another human being, it was so immensely freeing. And if you it don't don't come here and stop, but don't stop before the miracle happens because it is it is miraculous how you will move into the world instead of walking around the pool. So that's it. Thanks. Thanks for those comments, Paul. And and, and that 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 really makes me look at that last sentence on or or all the way at the bottom of 50 where the bravery, you know, not by our lack of fear, but action in spite of it. That's like what, you know, how we're getting that shirt made. Like we do hard shit or what, what is it? We do tough shit scared. You know, we do <laughs> that's, that's what it is, man. We could, we could fuck it. Why, why wouldn't, you know, fear, fear sometimes as much as part of, part of, for me, it was like the process is just, you know, not going through it. I grow through a lot of that stuff. I really do, man. And you know, you know what, what's really cool about that. If, if I do, if I have that courage and I walk through some fear in that what I come out on the other side, and that's a pat, this is a pattern that I've been able to identify is I get this realization that fuck that situation. It was hard to breathe. It hurt so much. I had so much anxiety. It was hard to breathe, whatever, whatever, whatever. I stayed clean, made it through. And then eventually I have faith that somebody's going to reach out to me and say, Hey man, can you share how you made it through the process clean and, and not so crazy. Let's fucking hope show, man. It's really cool. What's up, Lisa? Hey, I just feel um, a little bit led to add on something, Paul. I don't even remember what you said now, but something Paul said, like, triggered in my mind this, like, you know, I know I shared with you guys a couple of weeks ago about how, like, I had a sponsor who, like, relapsed and left the program and used my fourth step against me. And I feel, like, compelled to share, like, that was one of the worst fears I had about doing a fourth and fifth with a sponsor. And I'm like, fucking okay today. Right. Like my worst fear in that situation came true and I'm still okay because the process of inventory has helped me to like own that stuff. So it can't be weaponized against me anymore. Um, and like the fucked up part of that, like super painful lesson for me was like, <laughs> like I learned more from pain than I do from like comfort. Right. So it taught me that even when my worst fears come true, I'm still probably going to survive it. Right. And that one bad experience is completely outweighed by all the other so positive experiences that I have had in four and five with other women. Um, and I noticed too, like, I don't always just share my four and five with somebody who is my sponsor, right? I share pieces of it with the women who I sponsor as I'm taking them through. And, you know, that trust, that web of trust is just like so much wider than just that one person that I do my first inventory with. And like, I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, like, even if they do fuck you over with it, like, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. <laughs> hey, Lisa, thanks for those comments. There's a lot of, there, well, there's one, but I've, I've been to a few different meetings. There's one in my hometown um uh where it's like step five and step ten they call them like five and dime meetings where like the whole point of it is you go and you get current with a fist step at a meeting level you know you talk about maybe you know some stuff there and then in a 10 step you know that daily piece yeah i agree with you i do the same thing man i get uh, I'll, I'll throw my shit to other people too for sure what's up lee thanks douglas um <clears throat> Something it talked about here, and I don't hear much about this anymore, but it talked about breaking the pattern of denial that plagued me for so long. And, you know, the, I, my perception at this moment of that sentence doesn't sound very positive. But what I want to share is denial protected me for a very, very long time. If I would have come here and someone would have ripped the, I don't know, I guess I was like, picture a mummy. If you would have unwrapped me out of denial, I would have imploded. And so the thing about, 
the, one of the funny things about denial is when I'm in it, I don't really know it. it takes one of you guys to say, hey, Lee, you might, you might be in denial about that. But something else that struck me super interesting about page 50 was the amount of principles all on that one page. Um, action, relationship, honesty, admission, truth, trust, faith, hope, willingness, courage, acquired, dream. And then, of course, action again. And uh, this sentence, this bravery, is demonstrated not by our lack of fear, but by the action we take in spite of our fear. And, and I think Jennifer says she was getting me a T-shirt that says, we do shit even when we're afraid. She Hulk, I didn't forget about that. So I'll be looking for my T-shirt. Uh, but that's, that's enough out of me. Thanks, Douglas. All right, thanks, Lee. Thanks, Lee, for that. Eric, would you be real willing to read the next two paragraphs starting on top of 51, another action? Sure. Another action which requires courage is our admission to ourselves. We need to focus particular attention on this aspect of the fifth step. If we don't, we may find the benefits we derive from this step are not as meaningful as they could have been. As our basic text states, step five is not simply a reading of step four. We want to make sure we're acknowledging and accepting the exact nature of our wrongs. We can even formalize this admission to ourselves if we think it will help. However, the manner in which we make this admission to ourselves is not as important as the action itself. We gain a new understanding of the principle of humility as we work this step. We've most likely been under the impression that we were somehow bigger or more visible than other people. Through working the fifth step, we find that few of our actions deserve exaggerated attention. Through our self-disclosure, we feel connected with humanity, perhaps for the first time in our lives. Fire, right there, man. Like, um, you know, that's what that's what I've been thinking about since we've been reading the fifth step is humility, man. And uh, and, and and again with the definitions of what I thought humility was. You know, I thought humiliate, humility was being humiliated, you know, and like in a low way. And what it is, is just right size of me, man. It's like I, I'm imagining Mr. Mackey from South Park. His head's all blown up. And then just, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not all about me. I'm not the worst person that ever lived. You know, I'm not the, I'm not a giant piece of shit, you know, with no value. And, you know, all that stuff that I told myself and, and, uh, and, and what I use drugs to try to, to try to fix, you know, to try to like numb those feelings, man. And uh, what a beautiful process, you know, and like, and not even happen to understand it for it to work. That's the hit for me too, man. Like I didn't have to intellectualize this thing for it to have an effect on me. You know what I mean? I can start to understand it as I'm going through the process that this is what's happening, you know, without having to have that foresight, which I always wanted. Tell me how this works. We'll try explaining that shit to somebody that's never experienced that. You can't. You know what I mean? How do you explain that to somebody? How do you explain what the feeling of humility is to somebody that's never felt right-sized? You know what I mean? Either always more important or less important than, you know, it's, it's inexplainable to somebody. It's like, you know, um, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, good stuff, bro. Thanks for, thanks for that. I'll, <clears throat> Jen, I'll come to you here in a second. I want to make a comment about this because it's like uh, – this is the most confusing piece about uh, four and five right here that I take from the basic text. And I'll, so, so the basic text leads out with um, step five, not, you know, is not as simply a reading of step four. Two paragraphs later, though, it says, hey, we read our inventory exactly how it's written. And like, I've had a lot of conversations with people, man, you know, like everyone has a different approach to how, how we do it. But, you know, it's right there. It's like, hey, it's not just a reading, but you know, I say it a little bit lighthearted. It's like, well, what the fuck is it? You know, do we sit down and read verbatim or, or don't we, you know, what do we do here? And, and, um, but, but, you know, one thing to highlight too, is like the, the, the order of stuff is kind of important to me. Like when I take a step back and I look at like what, what, what this practice of, um, of, and actually, you know, like with, with, with the history of going back like to the 12 step movement, it's, it's really like the practice of confession and, and how, you know, when we break that down, it's like, check it out. The first person that I'm getting, that I'm revealing myself to in, in, in this set is, is a God of my understanding. And then it's me. And then it's somebody else. I just think that's cool to look at that, man. You know, God's self and others. You know, I think it's pretty neat. All right, Jan, what's happening? 
Thanks, Douglas. I think, um, and Eric said what I was going to say, man, when I read this, it's like this, this part, you know, the fifth step is really to get me right size. And, and, you know, when I read about, you know, being connected to humanity, our self-disclosure, we feel connected with humanity, perhaps for the first time. I don't know what that was like connected to humanity. Like I knew how to get high. I didn't know how to do anything else. And, um, but it started down, you know, road down the process where, I, I began to be right sized, you know, and for a long time, I was the worst of the worst. And I, you know, I, I was the worst person on the planet. And why does anybody want to be my friend? And I used to always think like, why do these happy, fluffy, beautiful, sparkly ladies who have their shit together clearly want anything to do with me? And, um, and slowly over time, I realized I'm one of those shiny, sparkly ladies who sometimes has her shit together. Not often, it feels like lately, but you know, I do seem to have that shit together. So, uh, but, but what, what I read out of this and, and, and it was really just a reminder for me, right? Like, you know, being around for a while and, and doing a lot of step work. And sometimes I read something and it's like, hits me like this jolt, right? Like, oh, and I know I've read this before. Um, the exact nature of my wrongs is never, ever as bad as I make it ever. And that is the part that I have to get to. And so, you know, and, and recently I've experienced this, this barrage of feelings that take me back to sometimes this place of being insecure, this insecure girl that I was when I got here. And, and what happens is, is I, once I feel that way, I catastrophize everything, right? Everything's terrible. Everything's horrible. My life's over. It's never going to be the same again. And it's this really polar opposite person of who I actually really am. And I, I dip in and out, you know, I dip in and out and, and the exact nature of my wrongs. And usually my behavior and my patterns are very visible. I see them. Um, but I always think the worst of myself. And, and, and a perfect example is today or yesterday. So I, I'm interviewing for this job. I, I'm on my second interview. I tell the person that I'm working for right now that I have this second interview because that's what you know people do when I, I feel like I have some integrity today. And he says to me, that's great. Use me as a reference. I was like, why would you want me? To use? This is just a temp job. I've only been working here for six months. And I, in my head, I'm like, well, you don't need to do that for me. It's okay. No, he's like, no, what, tell me what I need to say. It was kind of funny. It was like, why did you leave your old job? And why do you, what do you, what do you need for this job? And he said, I'm really happy for you. And, and I walked out of that. And then I thought to myself, every time something good happens in my life, I think I have to somehow sabotage it. It's, it's still my first thought. The funny thing was, is I got to talk to somebody about it and laugh about it and go, yeah, that's where I go, but that's not where I am today, right? So knowing the difference between how I feel, what reality is, you know, and being able to kind of separate the true and the false today is really a gift of what this fifth step has done for me. It's really brought me to a place where I acknowledge it, I see it, and the exact nature is never going to be where my disease wants me to be. My disease wants me to be way down low, feeling bad about myself. And that's not, um, that's not who I am today. And so with this, I really get an opportunity. And, and this is, I think why we talk about assets too, right? At the end of my four step, I did this asset thing that I couldn't figure out, but, um, you know, I have things to work on, but I always have, I have really great things about me too. And I know that today. So I'm going to pass with that. Thanks. Hey Jen, stay on mute for a second. I, I, I want to ask a follow-up that I think I'm, I think I'm just missing like interviewing people. So let me, let me throw you a follow-up question to this. Okay. Do, you, do you think that's why it's, an, it's important for, for us to, to share like at either meeting level or like with, you know, with a group, like our tribe or our people or st something mm -hmm. like that, because it, it, you know, like with my day to day or season to season, whatever it is, it helps me to, to, in my mind, sometimes not reality. It just isn't. It's how I'm seeing things. Like, man, it's fucking, it's a little bit skewed. And, and by opening it up, man, you people get to, get to but, say, and, hey, and, well, that's not really. 100%. And I'll say this, just in the last, you know, week of, of, of going through all these, these feelings, like one of my first base points is call my sponsor and then reach out to like three people that I know that I love. Hey, I have this going on. I don't know what to do. And then and they listen to me and they're like, well, let's break it down, you know, and, and, and that's what my tribe does for me and my sponsor. Usually I get an assignment if I call my sponsor. So but um, but I like I know the drill. I need to get better. So, yes, the answer is, you know, we talk about four and five. 
but I have, I have an opportunity to inventory with people on a regular basis if I choose to. And especially if I have something gnawing at me that is causing me harm or I'm not at peace with something and I need to figure out where I'm at and what I need to do to move forward to get out of that space. Thanks, Jen. Does that answer your question? It does. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. So, so thanks for rolling along with us. Um, again, the, the, the invitation is if you, uh, if you come across somebody who could benefit from this resource, please do um, give it to them. And if you check out, uh, I know Andrew and Christine and Eric and, and, and some folks have been working on the Facebook page to throw out a playlist. So I think we have the just for today's, maybe the spads um, uh, and some of the studies, the book studies are all on like a, um, uh, what would that be? A, a, just a playlist. You can click it and then the chronological playlist. So, so go check that out. Lastly, uh, um, we're putting together a group of addicts who got clean as teenagers who are staying clean to go through, um, you know, some, some literature and stuff like that. So, so definitely be, be, uh, be in touch with us. If you, if you're interested or know somebody who's interested in that, uh, love you folks. Hey, thank you for spending some time with us and walking on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so and reach out to us. Oh, there's a podcast number, there's a Facebook page, um, and you probably um, have contacted one of the squad already. Continue to do so. Pour into us, allow us to be filled up, and that way we can continue to pour into you. I love you, folks.